welcome. I'm Kevin Griffin, and this is the Dharma and Recovery class. Not quite the right word for it. It's not quite a group, and it's not quite a class. It's just a thing, and we're here. And uh, that was uh, some of the rough mixes from my upcoming CD called Laughing Buddha, soon to be released, hopefully in July, God willing. But I don't know if I believe in God, so what does that mean? It's just a convenient word, I find, to say God willing. I could just say, if all the aspects of the universe conspire to allow for it to happen, but it's easier to say God willing. So, And since God represents all the aspects of the universe that allow things to happen, then, uh, okay, that ought to be enough of a prelude. So, um, this being June, and uh, actually, wow, I'm holding the wrong thing. I don't think I even have my thing. I just had my anniversary. I have a 28-year chip. It's at home. Here is my U.S. Open ball marker, so that's not... <laughs> that's from the last year's U.S. Open, so anyway, but anyway. I forgot to take the... I forgot to empty my pockets of teas. Don't play Peacock Gap right now, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> the greens are, have been eaten up by a fungus. It's terrible. I see you get a lot of useful information when you come here, so if, even if you learn nothing about Dharma and recovery, you know about which golf courses not to go to. There's a program for that. There's a program. There should be. I'll tell you, I'm really you know, noticing how I use golf as an escape from reality. But golf is reality. No, wait a minute. Okay. So I was going to say, when I rudely interrupted myself, as I so often do, that this is June, and so it's a six month, so we're going to look at step six to tonight, if I don't choke on my Altoid. Um, and already two people have come in and said, wow, I'm really, it's great you're covering step six because blah, 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 and my sponsee, and I'm working on... So I'm feeling a lot of pressure right now <laughs> about the whole thing. Um, but I have this whole like book that I'm not writing. It's got a whole chapter on this, so I might read some of it and find out if it's worth writing. Um, maybe I'll read some of it now. What the hell? I mean, <clears throat> heck, we're at a, a Buddhist center. There's no swearing allowed. The hell isn't bad, though, right? There's some other words I could say, and they will probably come out of my mouth later. But, uh, um, uh, all right, I'll read this little intro. So step six, for those of you who are not keeping score at home, says... Well, it doesn't actually say we, but the we is implied if you're reading it in the context of the greatest stuff, so I'll, I'll say we. <clears throat> we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Crazy, crazy idea. Okay, and so what I've done in this unwritten book is every step starts with a thing called, what's this step about? Step six is most obviously about Intention. As I talked about in step three, intention comes before and informs action. In recovery circles, we talk about this as willingness. 
the true desire to do what is necessary to bring real change in our lives. This isn't as easy as it might sound. I'm not sure that really does sound easy, frankly, but anyway. I'll try not to make comments on my own writing. One teacher tells the story of being approached by someone after a meditation class who asked for help. The person described his problem, and the teacher made a recommendation. The person gave some excuses for why they couldn't do what the teacher suggested, so the teacher offered another suggestion. Again, he was rebuffed, as he, so he offered a third solution. After being told once again that the student couldn't do what the teacher suggested, the teacher said, well, I guess you're just not ready to change. I think we can all relate to this story because in principle, we'd all like to change, or maybe it's more accurate to say we want our lives to be different. But when it comes down to particulars, to what we actually would have to do, we balk. (laughs) Some of us have balked, anyway. Uh, How many of us, at least initially, rejected the idea of going to 12-step meetings? I know I did, even though I wanted my life to change. And the same is probably true of meditation. I know that many people say they want to, quote, start meditating, but it never seems to happen. Our readiness, the strength of our intention, must be there before any significant change happens. The Buddha was very clear. No action occurs without intention. Joseph Goldstein tells a story of his early time in India. One day he went for a long walk, and on the way back he decided to test this idea. He stopped walking and tried to see if he could start again without the intention to walk. Such a strange story. For long minutes he stood still, watching his intention. Nothing happened. And then he realized it. It was true. You have to have an intention before you do something. Of course, most of the time we walk around and don't notice the intention behind it. But if we start to pay close attention, we'll see that it's always there behind every action. And this is the point, that we need to pay close attention to to our intention if we want to make wise choices in our lives. If we don't take care with intention, our habitual pleasure-seeking and ego-striving will dominate our actions. Those impulses are strong and can only be uprooted with effort. We must see them and not act on them. This is what Step 6 is ultimately about, cultivating right intention. So uh, let's uh, do some meditation now, and we can talk some more afterwards. Someone emailed me recently about asking me about this class, and was it a class for novices? And the email that I did not send back to her said that every time I meditate, I feel that I'm a beginner. And so my teaching always, or at least usually, comes from that place, that each time we sit down to meditate, it's a blank slate. So as you gently close your eyes, settling into a comfortable posture. Sitting in a way that you can be alert and relaxed. (coughs) 
noticing the alignment of your body, the balance. And trying to align the head with the shoulders and the hips. And then doing some conscious relaxation, letting your attention move through the body, relaxing your face, your jaw and your eyes, your forehead. Relaxing the shoulders, arms and hands. Softening the belly, letting your breath move deeply into the body. Relaxing the legs and feet. Feeling the body as a single object. Feeling the wholeness, oneness of the body. And even as you hold that perspective of oneness, seeing that there are many different sensations within that one body. And then bringing the attention to the breath, that center point of sensation. You might follow the breath at the nostrils or at the belly. But letting the attention rest in one point, one point of sensation. And although we are focusing on this 
somewhat narrow or singular point. This isn't a grasping or a, you know, trying to shut out anything. You might still be aware of your body, of sounds in the room and outside, of thoughts coming and going. But the breath is like the center, the center point of this field of awareness. So try to pay attention to the breath with a quality of ease, not grasping or struggling to do it right or feel some special sensation. Just know that you are breathing and have some sense of what that feels like moment by moment, breath by breath. Notice the difference between the sensations of breathing in and those of breathing out. is one way to start to really notice the particulars of the breath. Naturally, the mind will wander as you try to pay attention to this one sensation of breath. This isn't to be viewed as a mistake or a failure, but more of a natural occurrence, the natural behavior of the mind. And yes, we're trying to train the attention to stay with the breath. But that's more of a process of coming back than it is necessarily staying with the breath for long periods of time, as pleasant as that might be, if you can do it. Noticing a thought and being aware that you are thinking 
and letting it go and coming back to the breath. There's something we can work with and actually apply to our lives. So just practice letting go and coming back. And sometimes you'll be able to rest with the breath for a sustained period. That's part of the training Cultivate concentration and one-pointedness. But this only happens through steady and consistent practice. And if we view ourselves as failing each time the mind wanders, and our practice becomes more punitive, which isn't very useful. So try to be gentle with yourself, forgiving, while still making an effort not just surrendering to the busy mind.
Are you enjoying yourself? If you're not, just notice what's going on. Don't add more suffering just because you're not enjoying yourself, but just notice. This is how we learn what causes suffering by observing the thoughts and feelings that cause us pain and seeing how they arise, how they end, how they pass away.
Notice what happens over time in your sitting. Do you get to a point where you're bored or restless? Or maybe you find the mind getting more still. There's more of a feeling of groundedness. Just be aware of those changes as you're sitting. We can go through many different energetic states, mental states, emotional states. All in the course of just a few minutes. So trying to learn to just allow, allow all of it to come and go, to not run away and to not grasp, but to just see that this is the mind and body what it does. It is life unfolding before your eyes, before your awareness.
<laughs> I like to allow for some time for people to ask questions about meditation practice. If there are any. Yes. We're talking about intention. Right. And then um, sitting to better ways of awareness or sensation is I, I myself I find that sometimes I get nothing. And you don't feel any sensations. Yeah, and I don't know what sort of intention I'm trying to to cause. What's what's the cause what's the point? Or you mean or? Waiting sometimes. Is that an intention? Waiting. Uh, Waiting for a sensation <laughs> to arise. <laughs> suppose, I suppose that's a kind of intention. Um, yeah, I, um, I remember uh, talking to years ago to an old friend who, who did not practice meditation and and I guess I'd been on a long retreat and talking about the practice. She said something like, it sounds like someone saying, don't think of a pink elephant, uh, which meant, of course, that right away you were going to think of a pink elephant. Um, and it's kind of the opposite of that. That's that I think you're talking about, which is, okay, pay attention to sensation. All of a sudden it's like, what? There's Nothing's happening. I, I don't feel anything. And um, so I, I would just say, um, it's not a matter of waiting for intentions, I mean, for, for sensations. There are many sensations going on all the time in your body. <coughs> but we have to train ourselves to be aware of them. You know, they, ordinarily, we don't pay attention to them because we don't need to. The only time we pay attention to a sensation is when it's very intense, either very unpleasant or very pleasant. And then we take our attention to it. The rest of the time, we're just in our heads doing what we do, thinking about what we think about that is so important or so we you know, kind of feel. So there's this kind of simplicity to meditation practice, almost uh, like reverse engineering the evolution of hu the human mind, <laughs> saying, you know, all this activity and figuring out and calculating, it's all great, but do I have to do it all the time? Can I just kind of get back to be doing something more simple of just... What would it mean to just be? And so, so we're, we're trying to kind of cultivate this simplicity, this almost like um, innocence. Uh, you know, that's, that's just not really trying to figure out the world or trying to control the world. It's just trying to, to be. And, and at first that's very unnatural. Because it does go against uh, our conditioning and our lifetime's behavior. Um, 
And so that as we start to try to get in touch with, essentially what we're, what we're really trying to get in touch with is our capacity for awareness. For, we're trying to kind of get in touch with awareness itself. And as we try to do that and try to be aware of certain things, at first it can be this very kind of awkward uh, thing, a, a practice. And I, I know when I've, when I first learned the sweeping meditation, which is kind of what I do at the beginning, although I do an abbreviated version of it, as soon as the teacher would say, feel the sensations on the top of your head, immediately my arm would start to itch. You know, and then she'd say, now feel your arm, and immediately, then like I'd feel all this sensation in the top of my head. And like my mind just wouldn't go where it was supposed to go. and so that, that stuff to me is very uh, kind of uh, like the rebelliousness of the mind, like don't tell me what to do. You know? uh, so, you know, and I, and I know I'm not exactly answering your question, but... I think what you said about waiting is, in a sense, what what you do have to do in order to get to that place. You just kind of have to hang out, hang out, and keep kind of trying, keep showing up, right? And keep trying to do. I, I don't know how many people here, like the first time they smoked pot, didn't get high. Uh, okay, so. <coughs> Like and then when you do get high, you're like, "How did I miss it? Was this not happening, or was I, what?" And it's kind of the same thing, you know. It, it's when you become aware of the sensations in your body, you're going to be like, "Oh my God, how how did I not feel all this before?" But it's it takes it's like a it's kind of like the figure ground, you know, the picture where you. You're seeing it's a picture of a lady, and then all of a sudden you realize that it's like two dogs or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> and, and it's kind of that kind of a shift that suddenly happens where it just clicks. And so um, I would say, yeah, wait. Just trust the process. Keep showing up. And, and was that actually what you were asking me? Yeah, I was just talking about choices. <laughs> choiceless. Choosing nothing. Of course, in miracles, you know, I need do nothing, therein lies the peace of God. Uh-huh. And I mean, it really means I need do nothing. Right. It's, no, right, and it's, it's tricky because, I mean, part of what you're pointing to, I think, is that if you try to do something in your meditation, you're kind of getting in the way of the process. So there's that, you know, striving isn't really the way to do it. But at the same time, doing nothing, nothing is kind of, that's kind of risky because you're always doing something. (laughs) You know, meaning mainly that your mind is doing something. And if you just kind of, if you don't, I mean, one of the things I like about Buddhism is that it gives you some 
very specific techniques. And if you, do, if you don't have any technique, especially in the beginning of practice, it's really hard to not just sit there and space out. So having a technique that just, you feel the breath, you have a thought, you realize you're thinking, you come back to the breath, maybe you make a note of what the thought was. Having something to hang on to, uh, I think is really useful in the beginning of practice. I would say, I don't like to use a term like this, but I'll just use it for these, under these circumstances. More advanced practice, which isn't really advanced, it's just in certain, when the mind is in certain states, when the mind has the capacity to just rest in stillness and awareness, then you can do nothing better, you know. Uh, you can actually do nothing. But at first we have to do something until we can get to the point where we can do nothing. You can quote me on that. <laughs> and this is all being recorded, so all those people out in Dharma land are now like going, wow, that's so heavy. He must be stoned. Oh, it's a recovery group, remember? Oh, yeah, right. Sorry, just wanted to remind them. Any other questions? Anybody else? <laughs> really want to <laughs> let me let loose? I know, like, I'm not raising my hand. <laughs> well, I didn't humiliate you, which is good. That's... Well, actually, I wanted Did to I? go further with it. Oh, yeah, go on. We're talking about step six, which is my favorite step. Well, good. Yeah, that's and, great. And, that's... And I, Addendum, right? To step seven, and we're just kind of thrown in there, but received some good press, you know. Trees to saying this is where the <coughs> breaks the men from the boys, or the women from the. Yeah. Or the whatever, from yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, the women from the women. I don't know what. Then, what do you do? The thing about it just don't is go I there. Thought of it as an open-minded surrender of everything that I feel is wrong. I can't fix with my mind. I can't fix my mind with my mind. So I give this up to something greater. Yeah. Dhamma, perhaps, you know, as a, yeah. as a, as a rule of thumb. Because if you wait, the answers come. You know? If your own house is in order, yes. <laughs> and this is how we get our house in order, right? Yeah. Well, you're kind of stealing my thunder, so I have to ask you to be quiet now. <laughs> All right, well, I think maybe we'll take a little break, but uh, just to warn you that we'll, uh, I'm going to pl play a little bit more of this music during the break. We, the, recording, the, the recorder will be off because this music is copywritten. I own the intellectual property rights to it. That's right, give up the bucks. Because these Dharma talks, they give them out for free. You know that? You can just go online and listen to me for nothing. What do I get out of it? Notoriety. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's worth a lot. Yeah, that sucks. Notoriety. The Buddha already said that, you know, if you get praise, you'll also get blame. Fame, with frame comes ill repute. I can vouch for that. Um, but, uh, but it's great that these talks are available and people can 
can give dana to the to the website that called Dharma Seed. By the way, in case you ever want to listen to any of my talks, there's a lot of them on Dharma Seed. It's on my website too. This is my Ed McMahon over here. So. <laughs> Thanks, Max. Max is now the official volunteer manager of this class for the next six months. It's very official. Very official. <laughs> We're going to get you a name tag. <laughs> and then you'll know. I abandon it. Maybe a uniform. <laughs> you, know. you have to wear a uniform <laughs> if I do. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll get something really groovy. All right, so um, let's take a break. And, and I, I just want to suggest, if you're sitting beside somebody you don't know, please introduce yourself. This is a group as well as a class. So, uh, you know, meet some other people. And uh, we'll ring a bell in a few minutes and come back and try to make some sense of all this. <laughs>